Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Whatever you want to do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Today I have a special guest, Mr. Columbus Short. How are you, my brother? Man, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm blessed. Glad to have you on here. This is like honor, man. You're one of my favorite actors, man. Glad to have you on here. Pleasure to be here. So let's get into this um, mental health discussion. So my first question I asked my guests, all this, I mean, I ask this question all the time, every time somebody come on here, and I want to ask you this, how is your mental health? Um, it's, a, it's a constant check-in, right? Um, you know, mental health is hyper important to me, um, and it should be hyper important to everyone, um, constantly checking in on where you are mentally. So if I would give a report today, I would say mentally I am in a, um, I'm in solid ground. That's good. That's good. I like to ask that question because I feel like um, we can see each other, right? And I'd be like, hey, uh, Columbus, how are you? You could be like, I'm fine. But when you ask somebody, how's their mental health? I feel like that opens more conversations to say, you know what? My mental health is, you know, this and that. You know, I'm not but now you make it ask you, want to ask you, how is your mental health, sir? My mental health is better than it was last year. You know, last year, I was dealing with so much and everything while doing my podcast, while doing like support groups and working. So um, my podcast is, um, I mean, my podcast was like helping me get through, but I'm actually better this year. You know, I told myself I want to change. <laughs> told myself, try to be depressed, you know, so I'm making efforts to try to change that. Thank you for that question. Thank you for asking me that. <laughs> great. That's great. That's all you can do is like make efforts to change. That's it. You can't, you can't progress, not perfection, right? Yep. Um, my next question for you. Growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? No. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't okay to not be okay because nobody asked if I was okay, right? Wow. Uh, you just got to make it right for whatever this, the the environment is, um, which, you know, a lot of people end up um never understanding the value and the importance of self checks uh because they're doing everything from the within inside a ecosystem that they were born into so it really it becomes hard for people to uh to push through that so was was anybody asking me that when i was growing up no did i make them bad my mom bad my grandmother my aunts my uncles no it, it's, they weren't because that was what they were taught that's true that's true um my next question for you um um you so one thing we do have in common right um when i was young i was sexually abused by two of my male cousins and i know that you opened about opened up about being sexually abused can you like um talk about that and how did that affect you mentally well it's interesting so i wasn't i uh wasn't molested by um males but molestation is molestation and it was my babysitter and you know how did it affect me it just over sexualized me prematurely you know what i mean and it's like yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even 
I wasn't ready for that. And I didn't know that until I got older, you know, years went by. You don't know how it affects you until later. But the facts are like, I was not mature enough to be put, you know, put in that kind of sexual situation. And, and it, uh, you know, it created kind of uh, habits or things within me that it took years to kind of like, you know, that I never blamed that situation for it. But I've, as I look back at through therapy and through a lot of work, you find out, you know, you find the source, you contact trace. Where did you get that behavior? Where did that behavior come from? Um, and, you know, I sourced it back to that. So, you know, I'm very hyper staunch and like bullish on, you know, molestation and like that type of abuse. Like it's just like a no-go for me, for my kids, for other people's kids. You know what I mean? Like the quickest person, like, <laughs> if, you know, what have no qualms killing is a child molester. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy because um, I was sexually abused by again I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins, and I only speak about it. And I'm like 32 now, right? I didn't start speaking about it until I was like 26, 27. It didn't affect me. It's crazy how like you sign to happen as a child, but it don't affect you till you get like you're a grown ass man. <laughs> so it didn't affect me till like I got like 26, 27, and I realized I had issues. So what, what are you doing? Yeah. What, are, let me ask you something. what are you doing to work through that? Like, what have you done? What kind of work have you done that other people could value from you know, one to get to this moment right now where you can talk about it openly, where you feel comfortable talking about it and sharing for other people? So what, what got you here? What got me here is that I was tired again of being depressed. Um, I've realized that I had issues being, I was very uncomfortable being around men. Like still to this day, I might have like trust issues around men. And um, somebody said to me one day, there's a leak. They said, you're a cool person. They said, but you were standoffish. And then like, I didn't think I was like, damn, why was I standoffish? It didn't take until I started going back to church. Like when I was 26, 27, I didn't realize I had issues being uncomfortable around men. Cause you know, I grew up, you know, just after that, you know, I just hung around girls and stuff like that. It was easier for me or whatever, but I didn't realize I had that issue. So I, you know, try to make that change. Like I have a couple of male friends that now I have a couple of male friends. Um, is a, um, I have a survivor circle that supports me. It's a survivor circle of um, sexual abuse um, survivors, males, you know, it's this guy named Robert Marshall. He has a book out there, number one bestseller author on Amazon called Echoes. You know, it's different men in that book that's telling their sexual abuse story. So, you know, me seeing that, not being the only one, you know, um, that helped me want to change. You know, I got like people, like my my friend Robert McCray, or my friend Mario, like I hit them up, like, hey, I'm going through this. Because now it's easier for me because I'm like, okay, it's not just me that went through that. It's some other people, there's some other yeah. people that went through You're it, and, you know. You get like, and they can understand, like if I'm saying I'm feeling this way because of this and that, this trigger me, they would get it. Because they've been through it. Have you seen a have you seen a impact on your past childhood traumas affect your current adult relationships, interpersonal yeah. relationships? Yeah. Right. yeah. You think about that? Yes. My inner child acts out like it's crazy because I had a conversation um with my therapist and my inner child acts out, you know, like and sometimes I have to you know, at first I didn't believe in it, but you know, when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? A lot of stuff like what I, you know, I go through 
or I'm angry, mad about, like, am I angry about that? Or is that little child that's hurt? You know, that little child that got right. molested, that little child that got molested and he had to hold it in and protect everybody around him, but right. didn't, didn't nobody protect him and he didn't protect himself. Right. That's heavy. Um, yeah. One of the things that I learned through um, therapy, um, I did a couple of different type of treatments, um, MDMR, MDMR. I did, I'm, I'm at currently. Currently, I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah, so that, you know, eye movement, uh, deprivation, reprocessing, you know, is is amazing because you get to go, you have to, you meet that child, right? And you're like, yeah. it's like, what am I telling you? I got this, right? It's like Columbus telling little Columbus Keith Short, I got this. And, you know, um, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Fear, if people don't know this, fear up, uh, vibrates at the same frequency, the same megahertz as hope. It's an interesting thing. So like fear, that same thing, that all that comes with fear, think about everything when you get fearful, things like, you know, that anxiety starts kicking yeah. in and all that stuff, all of that stuff and fear. Same thing with hope. I'm hoping for this. <clears throat> it's a weird thing. I'm hoping. Um, and it vibrates at the frame, same frequency. So I don't hope for anything. I don't fear anything. I just move. And when you just move, um, it's a different frequency. Um, and so, you know, my message to you, my message to anyone that's listening to this, um, our meeting is, you know, just move. Don't hope yeah. for anything. Just execute it. To, to like believe it, manifest it, and do it. Do it. You got to do yeah. it. Um, fearing. What are we fearing? We're gonna double fear. Oh, I might not get the job. I might not get the. I might something might happen here, or I don't know how I'm gonna pay my rent this month. I don't know. How to, so, you know, all the fears that we have. It's what is it? What, that's do you know you're sucking your energy by fear being fearful and what is fearful feed into it's straight into the depression pipeline it's straight yep. into it's straight into the i'm less than pipeline or this matter not and your mind can play tricks on you so be the captain of your minds and this is my message be the captain of your mind in terms of mental health you have to pilot your operating system with it which is your mind your body your spirit um and if you can do that you're gonna be uh you're gonna be all right. Um, that's so true. My um, before we get to this next question, right? I want to say anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide or suicide ideation, please reach out. There is a um suicide prevention lifeline, um, crisis line out there. Is all you have to do is dial nine eight eight nine eight eight is the easiest number. Just dial nine eight eight. And I want to ask you: Have you ever? dealt with any thoughts suicide or suicide ideation uh, i was i was gonna tell you no but there was one time and it was like i was like at the end of my wits and i i had this moment and i booked myself into a hotel and i ran this bath water because I, I couldn't figure out i didn't have a gun i didn't have i didn't know how i was gonna do it and i and i ran the tub water and i was just the tub water was running yeah um, a woman called me. Um, her name is Erica Malone. She produced the executive producer of uh, Remember Me with that the movie I did on Hulu. That's all on Hulu, right? Legacy. She called me and she goes, Columbus, I just wanted, she had no idea what I was doing. She yeah. could, and I was like, I have to pick up the phone. I don't know. It, she interrupted my suicide and she spoke nothing but life to me. And, and 
And I was like, as she was talking, the more she was talking, I just drained the tub. And we talked for another hour after that. She has no idea that she changed that that day. So I have had that, but that was the only time I've ever had it. It was just, you know, I've been through a lot, but I was just, I was tired that day. So, you know, nonetheless had that moment. Now yeah. I've had friends that have had that moment and actually went through with it. And I wish they would have called somebody. I wish they would have called 988. I wish they would have, you know what I'm saying? Just like one call, you know what I'm saying? Could change everything because this life is hard. Nobody on earth, anybody that gets up here want to say, life is easy, y'all tripping. That's a yeah. lie. You know what I'm saying? We are down here going, um, doing the best that we can. So, you know, with that said, you know, I've lost ones. Please call that number 988 if you're even feeling that way. Um, there's somebody that can relate. There's somebody that can identify. There's somebody that's going to speak life into you, and you never know what word God has for you. So just be, be present, be um, available for support if you're struggling, because this is, you know, we all struggle. It's just about who's, who's about it enough to be, who's tough enough to be vulnerable. Yes, man, I like that. And the, go like behind that question, right? I want to ask you, um, you know, is a stigma surrounding mental health, but it's a stigma surrounding men's mental health. I want to ask you, you know, what can our society do to break the stigma surrounding men's mental health? You know, men, we suffer in silence. You know, um, a lot of, I lost friends that died, I'm sure I say the correct term, that died by suicide, you know, and that hurt me. You know, recently, you know, we lost uh, Twitch. Um, we lost, um, it was somebody else, I think the CEO of David Busters, you know, died by suicide. It's just like so much, the rate of suicide of men is going up. So like, what can we do to break that stigma? There's that stigma that says like, we can't be weak. We got to man up, you know, we got to just carry on. Um, what we're doing right now, it's conversation, yeah. right? It's this, it's this. What we're doing exactly right now is having conversations. So people are like, hey, man like oh man i feel that way or i felt that way where people can relate it's called sharing right sharing is caring it sounds stupid and, and like a cliche but it's not sharing is caring so if you can you know share your vulnerability that you don't even know like the toughest triple og gangster would be like man yo that shit that smack right there you know what i mean you can touch you got to meet people where there are so where they are and you know, one of the things that is hyper important to me is meeting people where they are, like being able to communicate. Being, so that's always who I've been my whole life. Like I'm, I'm never a spectral person or feel like I'm better than nobody. Like, um, you know, no matter what I do, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like we all the same, but you know, I'm a lover of humanity. I'm a lover of homo sapiens and compassionate and empathetic to the the home and the human's plight in life it's like we got sit we got uh delivered down here on the planet uh with no real guidebook right on the complications and the you know the things that happen so you know it takes community support um you know a galvanization of those that are like us that are open that are communicative that are in the group right that are in the space that are in um you know that are open to communicating about mental health and it, you know when as, as the more we continue to talk about it then the more the people that feel like they're shamed by having to even talk that they have a mental health 
issue, it's not something to be ashamed of. Like, why are we not ashamed that you got, it's like being ashamed we got arthritis. Yeah. Or like, it's like being ashamed you have some kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Diabetes. Like, why should you be ashamed you got diabetes? Like, it's just, there's a bunch of people with diabetes. We're all trying to, you know, people trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? It's like mental health is a thing. If you're bipolar, if you're manic, if you're schizophrenic, if you're, if you suffer from, you know, uh, generalized PTs, PTS, I mean, uh, uh, generalized anxiety or chronic PTSD, you should be able to speak to someone. You should be able to find a community where, you know, and that doesn't feel make you feel ashamed, but on a global scale or as, or as, mar, as far as like massive adoption, mass adopting mental health um, focus is going to take conversations like this on a continual basis. And I'm, and I'm down to be a leader on that forefront. Yes, that's so good, so good. Um, my next question for you, um, you know, you know that you are an actor. Um, how did you get into acting? Um, I was acting very young. Uh, I grew up, you know, around actors, um, you know, Megan Good and her family, the Goods, they lived up the street from me. They was going to auditions all the time. And I, you know, begged my mom to sign me up. You know, I wanted to go, I wanted to go audition, you know. And she took me into audition when I was young and I just completely froze up. She was like, I'm never taking you to an audition again. So then I went to school for it. You know, I started really doing the work um, and it kind of just flowed that way. Um, you know, um, so, you know, having a vision very young of, you know, movies were my vision. They were my hope. They were my dream. That's how I helped. It allowed me to dream and, and just think outside of my small little world. So, you know, very young is the short answer. Very young. All right. Next, the next, you know, next, I want to ask you a question, right? Because um, I really loved you and Scandal, right? Really love Joy Scandal. I mean, I think it's very Harrison. You not coming back, did that mess with you mentally? Because it was a successful show and you didn't come back. Like, did that, um, uh, that's a good question. And after this, I do have to go because I have to take a call. But the, I'm going to answer this question. So it did for a minute because I knew that I, I felt like it was wrongful termination. Um, but I did, but I was just, I justified it by, you know, hey, I'm the leader of this team and what's going on in my life, I don't even want to bring on to the team. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, but I hate it. You know, it's like being a quarterback or like a, or like a star player on an NFL team and like you can't, you got hurt and you can't play yeah. or you get you know what I mean, your team going to the playoffs, you can't, you're not in the game. So in that aspect, like I love to play the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love I love that. And so that hurt for a while. And then it just, you know, it was like, you know what, you move on. Um, that 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 season is closed and you and you and you go build a new life. But I do have one more question before you go. I want to let you um, not one more question. Can you let people know what's going on with you? You know, you promoting a lot of stuff on instagram and twitter like let them yeah, know yeah, what, you got, yeah. what you got going on what's next so i got a few movies that are coming out this year um so be on the lookout you guys will see those soon um uh, but i have orca united this orca behind me that you see as my um 
backdrop. Uh, Orca United Society is a Web3 blockchain entertainment company. So, you know, we are doing everything um, in Orca's power to put people in positions to be successful in the entertainment business, um, from in sports, um, every department in the entertainment uh, business. Um, we're building a database of the best DPs, meaning directors of photography, aka cinematographers, actors, actresses, um, hairdressers, uh, you know, costumers, um, you know, uh, musicians, engineers, drummers, guitar players, bass players, trumpet players, uh, horn sections. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, visual artists. Uh, we're starting Orca United Arts Academy. I was afforded an amazing hey. artist. So that's what Orca United is. It's 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 curate. It's a it's a company that is going to curate art and cut the what cut through the red tape. Um, you know, Hollywood no longer will be the gatekeeper. We are, and we we believe in people. We believe in giving the underdog a chance, and that's the name. That's the name of the game, and that's what we're doing. Thank you for that. I'm definitely going to put all day in the episode description so y'all can follow him. Get into what he's got going on. I just want to say thank you for coming on, my brother. Thank you so I much. Ali, come come on my space to, on Friday. Um, I'm going to bring you on stage on Twitter. Uh, my name on Twitter, Columbus Short One. When you see the space, join it. I want to bring you up just to talk about mental health. We're going to do that. I'm going to make that a segment for Friday's show. And I would love for you to be a key speaker, keynote speaker on that. Definitely would be there, my brother. Thank you so All much. Right. All right, Talik, man. Love you, bro. God love bless you. Love you too, bro. Thank head you. Up, your head up.